thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from T-Mobile Park in Seattle. It's the Indians 3, the Seattle Mariners 7. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And again, West Coast game, I made it to about the, I think it was like the fifth or sixth inning when I finally passed out. And uh, yeah, it's actually incredibly busy. I'm working all weekend, so these are going to be shorter episodes. We're going to get into it, get through it, and I got to get to work. So uh, let's get into the storylines. And there's a couple of things going on in this game. I mean, Savali had to eat a loss at some point this season, right? He was not going to go 30-0. and So he had to eat a loss at some point. All right, the Seattle Mariners get him. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the Indians hitting, though, because the Indians were swinging the bat yesterday. You, you can't take anything away from them. They had 16 hard-hit balls yesterday. 16 shots with an exit velocity over 95 miles per hour. So they were seeing the ball. I mean, Flexen, the starter for Seattle, only goes five and two-thirds, gives up five hits, only one run, a one walk, no strikeouts from Flexen. They were swinging away against Flexen. I mean, one walk and uh, and no strikeouts. Uh, he must have a really bizarre FIP uh, fielding independent pitching from this game. Uh, but he gives up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hard hit balls himself. Graveman, the first guy out of the bullpen, gives up three hard hit balls. Swanson gives up one. And then uh, I don't even know how JT Char- Charios, he gave up four in uh, two thirds of the ninth inning. He gave up four hard hit balls. So. Yeah, they were really swinging against no matter who came out of the Seattle Mariners bullpen. And uh, they just didn't have the results to show for it yesterday. I mean, Josh Naylor did. Jordan Luplo did. They both go three for four on the day. Uh, Ironically, though, Jordan Luplo, three hits, four hard hit balls on the day. He doesn't score any runs. They can't bring him around to score. And that's just, that's embarrassing. That's really brutal. I mean, Luplo was swinging a great bat yesterday. And uh, that first double in his first at-bat, he uh, he puts one over the right fielder's head, which, well, let's be honest, probably should have been caught. Let's see what the expected batting average was on that one. I mean, sometimes you burn a guy, but eh, you know it should have been caught. The expected batting average was 640. So, all right, there's a decent chance that's a double in most ballparks. Um, he hit it 104.9. Then Jake Bowers follows him up. This was brutal. Bowers hits a 108-mile-per-hour line drive with an expected batting average of 730. 730 expected batting average. And it gets snagged by the first baseman for a line out. That, that hurts. I mean, you can't blame Bowers on that one. That's a hell of a swing. Uh, Austin Hedges singles, but he singles through the left side. So Luplo has to make sure it gets through. He can't score. Hernandez pops out in foul territory. And then Ahmed Rosario grounds out to end the threat. And that is just brutal. You get a guy in second base to lead off the, the inning. It's so frustrating. You... you you can't get him over with the next batter. The single gets through, but he can't score on the single because of where it's hit. 
And then you've got one out, runners on the corners. you got your leadoff hitter on, who actually, I mean, had himself a decent day. He was two for five on the day with, uh, with two singles, but he can't get that runner home from third. And the Mariners did it later in the game. Later in the game, when it was 3-1, the Mariners were able to get the runner home from third with a simple sack fly into left field. That is all Hernandez had to do. Find some grass. Unfortunately, he found grass in foul territory right behind third base. So they strand Jordan Luplo there. And then the next time Luplo comes up, it's almost a flip situation. Naylor leads off with a single, advances on a wild pitch that almost took off Luplo's head. And now there's a runner on second, nobody out. Luplo hits a line shot 103.8 miles per hour into left center field and scores Josh Naylor from second base. So Luplo does the dirty work. He shows them how to get it done. And then again, they they strand him on base. Uh, Bowers flies out, and then Austin Hedges hits into a double play to end the threat. So yeah, you feel bad for Luplo today because he was really, really swinging a good bat, and they just could not bring him in. Um, Obviously, Josh Naylor swinging a good bat too. He hits the two-run home run in the uh, ninth inning that gives the Indians a fighting chance. But, I mean, at that point, it's 7-1 to one in the ninth inning. A two-run home run, I mean, at that point in the game, it barely moves the win probability line. In fact, after Naylor homers, it's still a 100% win probability that the Mariners will win. After Jordan Luplo doubles to follow that up, it's at 99% win probability that the Mariners will win. That's how out of hand the game was at that point. So, I mean... It's great to see that they're still up there battling, but you need that a little bit earlier in the game. Going into the ninth inning down 7-1 to would take an all-time classic comeback to try to win that game. So, like I said, 16 hard-hit balls for the Indians, uh, nine hits on the day. They didn't walk. Only one walk from Fermio Reyes, uh, I believe, in the second inning. And, And that's it. So, yeah, if they're not walking and getting guys on base, uh... The nine hits get spread out, and it turns into not that many runs. So pretty pretty rough day for the Indians' offense if you're not named Naylor or Luplo. All right, let's talk about Aaron Savali, because like I said, he had to eat a loss at some point. And he goes six and two-thirds, gives up seven hits, five earned runs, one only one walk, and six strikeouts. He does give up two home runs. He gives up a solo shot to Kyle Seeger. And he gives up a two-run shot to Jared, Jared Kelnick, his first hit of his major league career. And uh, yeah, so Savali did get hit around a little bit. And I jumped over to fan graphs to see what was different about this game than the previous starts from Savali, right? How had he been 5-0 and up until this point? And uh, now suddenly he eats this first loss of the season. Well, his strikeouts weren't up compared to anything else. He's actually been around six strikeouts a lot this season. That's the most strikeouts for him on the season, but he's done it four times. Obviously, he only had one walk, so that wasn't a problem for him. The bat bip against him, which you know sometimes shows you were guys really lucky against him or something like that. The bat bip is showing that it was actually a pretty fair shake against the Mariners yesterday. Uh, they hit. 278 bat bip against him, which means 
batting average falls in play. So the balls that the Mariners put in play, it's almost the inverse of FIP, right? FIP is fielding independent pitching, uh, which is strikeouts, walks, home runs, things that the fielders have no control over, just the pitcher. Uh, this is the inverse of that. They 278, which is a fair shake. Um, that's about average for him. 238 the game before, 300 against Kansas City, 280 against Minnesota, 286 against the Yankees. So yeah, 278 against the White Sox. So this is about where he's at um, with his bat pip. So it was a fair shake. Now, of course, if you look at his first two games of the season against Detroit, he got off to a hell of a start against Detroit. Uh, the batting average balls in play in his first start was zero. They had two hits. They were both home runs, which means it was not a ball in play, which means zero. Uh, the next time was 118 against Detroit. So, yeah, that's funny. Um, that, is a, that is an interesting uh, box score, an interesting line you'll see. So, batted ball, uh, he wasn't giving up really any more fly balls or anything or line drives than he normally does. Uh, they were going, they were either pulling the ball or hitting the ball up the middle. They were not going opposite field against him. The hard hit rate is the only outlier I see over here on fan graphs. He was at 55% hard hit rate. According to fan graphs, that is the highest he has been all season. The only other time he was over 40, the only other time he was even over 40 was his second start against Detroit where they were at 50% hard hit rate. But most of those were ground balls. Uh, so yeah, so 55% hard hit rate is not a good look for him. So, I mean, his CSW wasn't that great. Going to the big breakdown, I mean, he threw a ton of fastballs, sinkers, cutters. So he's throwing his hard stuff more than he was throwing his breaking stuff. Um, I mean, if you consider the four-seam fastball, the sinker, and the cutter, they're all around the same speed. The cutter's a little bit slower. So that's 64, 67 times he went to the hard stuff, as opposed to the slider, the curve, and the spit, which he went to only 40 times. So definitely trying to throw the hard stuff yesterday. And uh, it wasn't really high in his CSW. It wasn't really working for him. His CSWO total on the day was only 27%. Um, yeah, it, was, uh, it just wasn't a good day for Savali. It was not a good plan of attack. And uh, he got hit around. He got hit around, uh, you know, for the tune of five runs. So uh, looking at where he was locating his pitches... A lot of stuff was in the strike zone. He was dropping the curveball down a few times, but the slider and the, even the curveball are in the strike zone a ton, an absolute ton. Uh, going back to fan graphs, um, it says he was only in the zone 42.1% of the time, which is the high end of his average. But looking over here on the pitch chart, it feels like he's I mean, he's right around. He's in the shadow of the plate a ton. So, yeah. So, he was trying to be aggressive yesterday. You give him credit there. It just did not work. He could not keep the Mariners hitters off balance. And it didn't help that the top of the Mariners lineup, which is the last storyline, had themselves one heck of a day. Um, Jared Kelnick had his first hit. His first major league hit was a home run to the seats in right center field. He actually goes three for four on the day with two doubles and a home run, and both of them were hustle doubles. I mean, he had a shot in the center field, in the right center field, 
for his second hit that most guys that's a single and he was flying around the bases not his sprint speed from home to first I want to see first to second because he put on the jets it felt like he covered first to second in about four steps and uh, he's in there with a double and then gets another one where he drops it down the left field line late in the game and again hustles out a double uh, his home run to start the game was hit right to a guy in a Mariners jersey sitting in the front row who made a pretty good catch. I think a barehanded catch um, on his first home run ball, his first hit. So you know somebody from Mariners PR was out there recovering that ball for Kelnick. Um, you know, what would you ask for, right? What are you asking for? If you catch that home run, you know, because that ball, I mean, if Kelnick turns out to be the next... Uh, you know, Griffey, uh, A-Rod, who are some other Seattle Mariners legends, um, Edgar Martinez, you know, if he turns out to be the next great Mariners hitter, uh, what is that ball worth? That ball is probably worth a ton, a, a home run for your first hit, and you caught it clean, and you've got the proof. I mean, it's clear as day who caught that ball. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm asking for a ton. I'm asking for, all right, this is what I was thinking, uh, a Kelnick authentic jersey, right? Give me that seafoam green authentic jersey. Uh, give me, uh, I don't know, what, what else are you asking for? An authentic hat, you know, worn by the player's hat, fit for me. Um, season tickets, do you go as far as asking for season tickets? That's the big one for me. I would love to be like, all right, I want to be at every game for the rest of the season then. Uh, or maybe you ask for a suite. Give me one game. Give me one game in a suite fully loaded, right? I want the drinks. I want the food. I don't want to want for anything, right? Uh, something like that. You got to go big. You got If you catch a really important ball out there in the stands, you got to go big and see what they're willing to do for you. I have no clue. I've, I've never caught a home run ball. I've never caught someone's first hit of their career. So I don't know what they would give you. Uh, why not? Why not shoot for the moon if you're the fan out there who has that ball in your possession? I mean, technically, you got it. It's yours. So, uh, yeah, I wonder if the Mariners uh, press, if the Mariners beat writers have a story about that in their game write-ups. So, yeah, so uh, Mitch Hanniger also has a home run, a, a two-run home run, and uh, he's now tied with uh, Jose Ramirez for the American League lead in home runs. And uh, Kyle Seeger had himself a solo home run early in the game in the first inning. So, yeah, so it started off pretty rough from for Savali right off the bat. Right there in the first inning, he gives up the two-run homer in the third. So, yeah, it was a rough day for Aaron Savali. All right, that's all my thoughts. Like I said, it was going to be a quick episode. I got to get to work. MVP for the day, I'm actually giving it to both Naylor and Luplo. I mean, both of them went three for four. Naylor had two hard hit balls on the day. Luplo had four hard hit balls on the day. Naylor was able to come around and score twice. Luplo had two RBIs. Uh, I'm sorry, one RBI uh, on two doubles. So, yeah, so I'm giving it to both Naylor and Luplo on the day. All right, we'll be back. It's a little bit earlier of a start tomorrow. I believe it is a 9 o'clock, a 9-10 first pitch. And we got Tristan McKenzie on the mound against Justice Sheffield. So we get to see the former top Indians prospect. I mean, at one point, Sheffield was, I guess, supposed to be McKenzie, right? So it's actually pretty fun that these two line up. We need a big game from um, McKenzie. We need a bounce-back game for the Indians. 
it's our turn to put up some runs. Let's turn those hard hits into something, into some runs. Let's turn them into some runs. Let's stop stranding leadoff hitters uh, who get to second base. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.